Hey, hey, good morning, good morning, friends and family. Welcome to episode number 36 of the Corporate Quitters. This morning, we've got a very special guest. We've got Mr. James Dunn. And let me tell you guys something. James is a mindset and performance coach, but let me tell you, there's something different about James, because if you notice, there are mindset coaches every freaking where. But James put the performance on there. You see, if your mind is right, then you can perform even better in life. So, James, how you doing, man? I am doing fantastic, Robert. How about yourself, brother? Hey, man, I'm doing better than I deserve. I'm telling you, better than I deserve. So, look, let me tell you guys before we get started, this is going to be fun this morning because right now I'm having some thunderstorms in the area. And just a few minutes ago, James and I were trying to get on live and it knocked my internet out. I've got my handy backup here with me, my cell phone, so I'll try to switch over quickly. But if you lose me, you're in good hands with James. I'm trusting James to continue the show because he's capable of doing it because why? He's a performance and mindset coach and he can perform. <laughs> what I'm here for, man. Yep, it's just to, when adversity strikes, we step in and we just, we adapt. Yeah. And, and, and you know, what I like about you is you have been through a lot in life, but you've also done a whole heck of a lot in life. So why don't you introduce yourself to everyone so that they can start to get to know and love you as much as I do? Yeah, yeah. No, well, thank you, first and foremost, Robert, for having me here. I am super excited to be here. Um, but yeah, my name is James Dunn. And before I tell you, you know, too much about what I do, I like to tell you where I've been um, because there has been so many crazy things that have happened in my life. Um, but I was adopted. I grew up in a household with an alcoholic father. I started drinking by the time I was 14 years old, um, got into burglary, shoplifting, vandalism, all kinds of just degenerate behavior, um, was eventually arrested for attempted armed robbery by the time I was 17 years old. Had uh, my first kid by the time I was 21 years old and got my first of two divorces by the time I was 25 years old. So to say I started out um, with some challenges in life, um, putting myself, you know, a few steps behind, I think, where most people kind of start out from uh, would be a minor understatement. But what I have learned through the years now is that those were all amazing gifts because they give me the opportunity to reframe life and see what beauty can come out of those um, you know, and just turn them all around because so often what we like to do is just think that these are the worst things and these are going to dictate who we are and how we're going to be able to live our lives. And that's what I did for the longest time. Um, but once I really stopped and dug deep, I did see what the beautiful gifts, you know, those were for me and how they've shaped the person I am today. And I wouldn't trade any of those crazy, insane situations that have happened to me, um, in life for anything. So but yeah, I'm a, I'm a mindset performance coach. That's what I do. I love just helping people see how, like say the craziest, most challenging things that have ever happened in your life can actually be the greatest gifts because of the abilities they give you to adapt and overcome and to, you know, shift forward in your life. Yeah. And, and you know, I'm, I'm glad you said that because sometimes I refer to life as a beautiful disaster, mm -hmm. you know? It can be tragic yet beautiful at the same time. But what makes a difference between those who fail and fall down in misery and those who get up, pick themselves up and go is their mindset. But we have some 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 friends here with us this morning. Awesome. And you, I think you may have a fan already in Charlene. Charlene says adapt. Yeah. That's the new hashtag for today. Adapt. Uh, and we have my man Alaba here. So Alaba is all the way here from Nigeria. Nice. 
from Nigeria. Oh, man, that's, that's some dedication. Yeah, yeah. No, Alaba's a really good guy. He, he's a friend of mine. Uh, he is actually in my profession, and he's one of those really good guys. You see some of our early morning folks, they're just saying good morning to one another back and forth. But we're here to talk about James and the beautiful disaster that life is and can be and how you can actually make the most of it. So let me ask you, when you fell down in the sunken place, as we like to call it, how did you get there? Like what happened? What led up to you actually getting there? To so a lot of like say so just so for me, you know, I, I talked about being adopted and I don't really think that really affected me as much. I think it planted a little seed, you know, in my in the back of my mind that's um, you know, maybe I wasn't loved, you know, because of course you start thinking about your birth parents or why would they give me up? And to this day, I still don't know anything about my birth parents. I'm per perfectly fine with that. Um, but, you know, it was one of those where you kind of adapt and you deal with it. But then when I got in the situation with my alcoholic father, then he is the one, you know, where then I start saying, well, wait a minute. Now I've got this person here who's supposed to be, you know, loving me and carrying me and supporting me. And now I'm having to almost carry him because of the things that he would get into, um, you know, and trying to lift him up because he wasn't being that strong role model that we want as a father. And so just allowing myself to start letting thing after thing after thing start um, just affect, you know, who I thought I was and what I was going to be capable of, uh, you know, and just to get that comparison mode. And I think that's really where it hurts you the most is when you start seeing, okay, here's my crazy messed up life. And I start seeing things on TV or you get this image of people that you have, you know, around you in school or wherever else. And you start thinking, well, they've got the perfect life. Or what you don't know is they're just hiding it so much better than you are, you know? That's what the, the challenge is, getting that comparison mode of thinking they've got the perfect life, not realizing they've got it all messed up, too. You just don't see it. Yeah. So so now let me ask you, while you were thinking that everyone else had the perfect life, mm -hmm. you had a couple different choices. You could have tried to mimic them and chase that perfect life or you could go down another road. And it sounds like at least initially in your life. You chose another road, which led you into some bad things. So why yeah. did you choose the other road? Honestly, because what it was, and this is now I can see some hindsight. I didn't see it at the time, <clears throat> but what it is, it's the people that you hang around with and what you see. So my dad was an alcoholic. I saw just the town I grew up in was a very small, you know, country community, 8,000 people, farming, hunting, fishing, uh, very hardworking blue collar town. And so the vast majority of the people in that area, you know, would go to the bar, like they'd go to work during the morning, you know, and then afternoon they'd go to the bar, <clears throat> excuse me, they would go to the bar and then kind of drink off their worries and then go home, pass out and then get up and go do the same thing over again. So I didn't see any option. I didn't see even like the people that I would see maybe like in school that, you know, their parents were rich and they had the white collar jobs or whatever. And I guess I could have looked at that, but from my perspective my dad being a coal miner and doing the really hard labor that's all I saw I was like well this is my lot in life this is you know who I'm meant to be and so often that's what it is is like you said I have two choices but I was just mirroring what I thought you know my dad did and what his dad did and what everybody in my little group had done and I thought well here's us and then here's them and I can't be one of them I can't shift over to this other group of people that's just not possible yeah, yeah, absolutely. So so listen, uh, my friend Andrea is here and she says, good morning, Robert and James. I've been in the sunken place, my friend, and then I climbed out. But Alaba yeah. 
adds, there's nothing perfect about this life anyway. Mm-hmm. And James, you're making some fans, my friend, because Andrea also says, exactly, James, best advice I have is to shut out the noise and focus on following your interests and leaning into your strengths. And we're going to talk about that because you have a lot of interest. You've done a lot of things. But before we go there, here's what I want to ask you. Um, what happened the very first time you were arrested? What happened in your mind and what did your friends and family say? Um, the first time I was arrested, and it was it happened a few times. The first few times it actually happened was thankfully just very simply for um, underage drinking. But again, that was just, you know, looking at my environment, the friend group that I hung out with, it was just very normal, you know, to go uh, stealing things, doing whatever, and just having other friends who were getting arrested. I mean, I literally remember randomly just walking through, there was like a group of us walking through this parking lot one day, we're just walking, all of a sudden one of my guys, one of my friends, this is back in the day, so I'm like, I'm going to date myself here really bad, but he's like, opens up the car door, reaches in, this guy had a cassette, you know, a box full of cassette tapes, we just took it kept on walking, you know, like literally that was just normal. We didn't even think twice about it. So unfortunately, again, it's your friend group. And this is, I always go back to my, one of my all time favorite coaches with Jim Rohn. You are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And at that time I was spending time with people that this was just the norm. This was the environment we grew up in that, you know, if you're out, you know, vandalizing things or breaking into houses, this is just normal. So it was one of those things. One of the very, the saddest moments I ever had in my life was being in a jail cell um, when I, when they finally got me for the attempted armed robbery, but, and having to look out this little glass window, or I guess it probably plexiglass glass window and look at my parents through that window, you know, and see the disappointment in their eyes. Um, you know, and so that was a big, big wake up call for me when I had to actually look at it from their perspective and not look at it from the friend group that I was in, because again, to them, that was normal. It's like, you know, that's just what we do. We get arrested. We do kinds of, you know, all kinds of stupid stuff. Um, but yeah, it was learning to look at it from that different perspective. That's, I wish that had made the total shift in me, but that was the first inkling that, hey, something isn't quite right here. Ah, so yeah, we have these little clues throughout our life that tell us that something is not right. And then we have to work through it mentally to really make the dots connect and then really truly make the change. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I can imagine seeing the disappointment in your parents' eyes. That was that thing that said, wait a minute, something's not right. But then you still had this influence over here, this friend group that was like, hey, come with us and let's do all this, you know, ratchet activity. And it's it's hard to juggle the two. But but back to Andrea's point. You have to shut out the noise and focus on following your interests and leaning into your strengths. So here's Mm -hmm. something that a lot of people may not know about you, but you are kind of like a a star, just a little bit, maybe. I mean, oh, well, sort of kind (laughs) of. I I wish that was necessarily mine. (laughs) Yeah, but no, there are actually two two uh, stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame that have my name on them. Um, there was an actor back in the twenties, um, who those belong to, but, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a crazy thing, you know, and I've, and I've had my glimpse of experience, I don't want to say with fame, but like, you know, with working with, you know, celebrities, you know, one of the stories I've shared with you, as we've talked in the past is having the opportunity to work for kiss. 
um, you know, my all-time favorite rock band. Uh, and this was one of those really weird, you know, situations where in in my world it was all about, you know, getting in trouble and doing all kinds of stupid things, and that's just kind of what life was all about. Well, I grew up a huge Kiss fan, and through some just weird circumstances, um, you know, having this little inkling that there was more to life than I could possibly do something different besides what I had been seeing. I ended up getting the opportunity to actually do some work for kiss and actually had Gene Simmons, you know, the tongue, you know, tongue wagging guy. He called me at my house twice, you know, to talk to me about different things. And you talk about being a freaked out kid, you know, when you're like in your early twenties and Gene Simmons calls your house to talk to you. It's like, Holy shit, man, what, what Gene Simmons talking to me. But I had that opportunity to work for them. Yep. There they are. That's kiss. And I had the opportunity to work for them. And but the problem was, was my mindset and my belief system on who I was, was still this troubled kid who, you know, goes out and vandalizes things, gets arrested for this, that or whatever. And it just did not jive for me that, hey, I can I can live this other life. I can live you know, this life of awesomeness and amazingness of going out and working for the rock band Kiss. And so I eventually sabotaged myself in that position. Yep. And. Um, it's one of those I look back now and, you know, kind of kick myself in the butt. We can't ever change anything about our lives. But um, I just wish I could have seen what was there, because, again, this is the most incredible, amazing opportunity, you know, to ever work side by side, almost on a certain level with, you know, my idol, because I've been a Gene Simmons fan since I was five years old. And um, but again, it, it comes down to our identity. And this is one of the biggest, biggest keys that I don't think people necessarily realize is we've built this identity around some of the experiences we've had in our life. And that's what I had done from that very early age of being around my friends. This is my identity. I'm this troubled kid. And this is all we do. Um, and we lock into that. We start creating habits and disciplines and routines around that good or bad. And it wasn't until I was able to finally get myself completely removed from that, I mean, literally physically removed from that environment that I had been in, that I started being able to shift my identity to something different. And that's something we really need to focus on is if you're finding yourself stuck, you find yourself trapped and you're not living life that you want, ask yourself, what identity have I created for myself? Because you're living your identity right now. That is powerful. Now, I want to go back to something that you said that I think is extremely important because you said that you sabotaged yourself. And I think a lot of us, whether consciously or subconsciously we sabotage ourselves because we don't feel like we're worth a better life or better things or better people in our lives so let, let's talk about this on two different fronts how did you overcome your self-sabotaging nature and what advice would you give to others who are self-sabotaging right now so for me how i overcame it um well, I don't know if I've ever overcome, overcome it completely. We all still do it on a certain level, but I, what I have learned to do, like say, first and foremost, I removed myself from the physical environment that I had been in. So then I started to be able to see a different reality. I could say, okay, wait a minute, here's this other opportunity in life. Here's this other path that I can go down. And even once I got there, it still took me quite a while um, to completely or as completely as we can get change that behavior. And it was first and foremost, taking full responsibility for everything that had happened in my life. I had to say, you know what, this on some level, this is all my responsibility. Um, I'm not taking the blame for it necessarily, you know, some of the things that happened, but I can at least take responsibility for my part in it. And, mm -hmm. 
and the reason that's so important is because until you take responsibility for it, you can't change anything. If you're always pointing the finger at everybody else, you can't change anything whatsoever. And so if you are finding yourself, you know, self-sabotaging, what I would say is just ask yourself again, go back to the identity. Why do you feel like you're sabotaging yourself? Why is it you don't feel that you're worthy? Why is it you don't feel like you should have these things in your life? And the key point that you kind of made too was consciously or unconsciously. So when I look back at the kiss thing, it wasn't like I said, you know, this is the dumbest thing ever. I'm going to quit. Or, you know, like it wasn't like a conscious decision. I had a rational decision in my head why I did it and how that played out was when I was working with kiss, it was, um, they didn't have the makeup on, you know, they've been um, without the makeup for a number of years, but the final part of the puzzle I worked with them was what's called the kiss convention. And during that kiss convention tour, they ended up reuniting with some of the original members, put the makeup back on and started the, you know, reunion tour. Well, I loved where the band had gotten to before they put the makeup back on. I was a Kiss fan when they had the makeup on, but I followed them all through the non-makeup years. And I loved the album they'd come out with right before that. So when they put the makeup on, in my head, I'm like, screw that. I don't care about them anymore. I don't want this, you know, going on. Mm -hmm. And so I started not really paying as much attention, not really caring as much. I'm thinking, I don't want to support this whole new reunion thing when it was, you know, it was a beautiful thing for the band. I mean, it's why they're still around today is because they put the makeup back on. They wouldn't be here in the capacity they're in now if they hadn't done it. But again, in my mind, I was justified thinking, nope, 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 I don't want to do this. But it was me just sabotaging myself saying, I don't deserve this. And that was my easy way out of it. Uh, and that's the thing is you've got to be so careful is it, it's tricky, man. It's, it's not some of the most obvious things. Like I had complete rationale for why I did it. Yeah, but it, in hindsight, it made no sense whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. And to a certain extent, we can rationalize almost anything. We can try mm -hmm. and collect facts and data and make it fit into what we want it to look like. And we yeah. do that a lot with ourselves. I mean, it, it's 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 horrible when we do it. But the thing that I really like about you is that in hindsight, when you reflect back, and I can hear it in your voice, when you reflect back on these things, it's what is the lesson that I can learn? What did I contribute to this? And how can I stop this from happening in the future? I can just see you processing it all because I know the kiss thing was probably really good when you were, when it was happening, but then a disappointment when you sabotaged yourself. But you went on to do a lot of really cool stuff. And that's why I really wanted you on the podcast, because going from where you were to you know, even having some rocky relationships because you talked about two failed marriages, but then at mm -hmm. the same time, having a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, no, that's a joke. But for anybody <laughs> who's watching or listening, that part was a joke. But but you have actually been in Hollywood. You've been an extra in two movies. Yeah. Yeah. And because I've just always been a huge movie fan. And so just, and, that, and that's the thing is, again, we don't have to look at where we came from and believe that's the only place that we can ever end up. You know, it's start giving yourself the opportunity start getting around other people who are doing the things that you want to do and start reading the things that you want, you know, start reading about the people that are doing the things that you want to do. Um, but yeah, having the opportunity to be, you know, extra in two different movies, you know, it's not anything where I'm on there for, you know, a massive amount of time, but Shannon Elizabeth, you know, who was Nadia in American pie, you know, I was in a, you know, I was an extra in a movie that she was in. And you can see us both like right there on the screen at the same time. I'm like, oh, it's me and Shannon Elizabeth, you know? So, 
uh, it's very cool just to have those experiences and be on a, you know, Hollywood movie set. Well, it wasn't Hollywood, um, but like just on a, you know, movie set, um, you know, and see how that process goes. And it's really crazy, you know, to see what we see on screen versus what happens in reality and how they put it all together. But yeah, just opening your mind to what is possible. And that's where I definitely made that massive shift and that we can all make that shift is don't feel like where you're at right now is where you have to be. Again, just start giving yourself that opportunity to believe that it's possible um, and then find ways to prove that it is, I think, you know, it's really important to do. Yeah. So now let's talk about the marriages and the failed relationships. Mm -hmm. um, what, why do you think those failed? Was it your mindset as well? And the people that you were surrounding yourself with? That would, so what I can say with the first, first marriage, um, and this sounds so messed up when you say it, but it's like, I married my dad basically is what it boiled down to. Yeah. The woman that I married was an alcoholic. She was a drug user. My dad wasn't a drug user, but just that very dysfunctional person who I was always craving that love for. Um, and again, that's one of those things you don't realize it at the time. You don't see it until much later on that I was just finding someone in, you know, that mirrored something I had seen before. And just that deep, deep, deep craving for love. And my self-esteem had been so low at the time and my self-worth had been so low at the time that I just didn't care. I was like, I just want somebody. And she gave me attention. My second marriage, that one failed for, it was one of those, again, you know, even though I had done a lot of work, there were still some self-worth issues inside of me that I found just, I'm willing to go ahead and go in here. And we jumped into it fairly quickly. Um, and then in hindsight, I can look back and say, we, I, I wasn't willing to have the hard conversations. I guess that's really what it boils down to. Again, having low self-worth, self-esteem, she was a great woman. She is a great woman. We're still great friends to this day, but we were not a great match. But the problem was, was having low self-worth and not being willing to stand up in who I was and believe in myself enough. I wouldn't have the hard conversations that we should have had much earlier on before we got, you know, married or had the kid, um, anything like that. And again, I wouldn't trade any of that for anything because now I've got my beautiful daughter who's 13 years old. Um, and that all came from that situation, but it's learning to trust ourselves and believe in ourselves enough to have hard conversations. Cause you're going to have them at some point, you're going to have them at the beginning of the relationship, or you're going to have them during the divorce and after the divorce and all of that. Uh, so just really, for me, it, it all, it all tied down to self-worth, not having a great, um, routine, you know, for, I mean, I know it sounds simple, it sounds stupid, but having a great routine in terms of who I was spending time with, what I was focusing on, what, um, you know, I was feeding to my mind, you know, so if you find yourself, you know, full of lack and doubt and not really sure, you know, not trusting yourself, not believing in yourself. It really comes down to our daily diet of what are we putting into our brains? Like being on here on this call right now, this is a beautiful thing. This is you're reaching out, you're looking for um, new ways, new ideas, new belief systems. So if you're doing something like this, you're already on the right path, but continuing to find that on a regular, well, matter of fact, I was listening to something this morning and you know, some money mindset um, interview that I was listening to. And it's one of those things like we've been brainwashed for lack of a better way to say it 
through years and decades to believe certain things based on the events you know that we've gone through or the things we've seen on tv and in movies and you almost literally have to brainwash yourself into this new belief system mm-hmm. um, you know and just play that stuff over and over and over again because you've got to battle your brain who according to i don't i can never keep track of the exact number because it changes depending on who you talk to about it but it's like 40 to sixty thousand thoughts a day or whatever some crazy number and like 80% of them are all the exact same thoughts. So you've got to battle that voice that's in your head, repeating the same old thoughts over and over and over and over again. Um, so it's constantly finding that information that you want to implant into your brain. Say, this is what I want to believe. This is what I know to be true. Um, regardless of what I've personally been through, regardless of what I've personally seen, I know this is what can happen if I choose to believe it. So let me just mm-hmm. play this over and over and over and over again until it finally sinks in, until I finally believe it and understand it and, and empower myself to um, embody that belief system. Yeah. So let me tell you, you've got some fans, James. So Charlene says, yes, we have to be careful not to manufacture facts and manipulate data to fit our narratives and she also said we talk ourselves out of so much good that was meant for us and we do it all the time but anger chimes in that this is great advice but there are a couple of things that i really notice and that i want to highlight but first let me just say i want to thank everyone for joining us on episode 36 of the corporate quitters it is time to get your mind right There are a few things that James has said that I I really want you all to pay attention to. He talked about your daily diet. The things that you feed yourself will determine what comes out of you. You know, if you feed yourself junk food and garbage, then you're going to be lazy, out of shape and on your couch. Now, this is just literal food as well as mental food as well. But he talked about the importance of the people you surround yourself with finding your tribe. And to be frank with you all, if you're looking for a mindset and performance coach just notice a couple things that James just said when I asked him about his failed marriages the first thing he did was talk about what he did and what he needed to improve upon within himself the biggest way to overcome obstacles is to acknowledge what we've done in a situation you can talk about what the other person has done because yeah they've probably done some bad things too but you can't change them you can change yourself And every time I hear him talk, it's always some personal accountability. That's what I like. So, again, you're looking for a mindset coach. This is your guy right here. Wait, am I pointing in the right direction now? (laughs) (laughs) This is is definitely your guy because just listening to him, you can see and you can feel like I can actually feel your transformation. Not only am I hearing you, I can I can feel it. It just feels good to hear you talk. Um, now I know at one point you were really focusing on men, but you, you serve anyone now with the mindset, but yeah, why did it start with men? What happened to really make you say, you know what, there's some men out here that need help. Yeah. So honestly, it comes down to, you know, when you start any endeavor, you know, especially, well, anything, you're always trying to heal, you know, your five-year five-year version yourself ago, whatever, however you want to phrase that, you know, me from five years ago, especially if you get into the, you know, coaching space, anything like that. Um, And any problem, you know, any business, you're almost always solving a problem that you yourself have had. 
you know, it's how a lot of those, I mean, they all almost always come from that. And so that's where it really started was as I went through my own personal journey and started to understand what I could do, like I said, to take responsibility for me and reshaping my life. I'm like, who can I specifically help the most? And initially that was divorced dads because I saw so many of them that were getting out of that relationship and they were in a very toxic, you know, toxic space. They were just, like you said, pointing the finger. It's all her fault. She's this, she's that, she's whatever. Um, and you know, whatever, if it was just on them, you know, that's their life, you know, unfortunately they got to do what they got to do. But what really affected me was the fact that it was hurting their kids too. You know, me not having that great relationship with my dad. Um, I saw how it affected me and affected my belief system and, you know, how I saw the world. And I did not want to leave other men out there to sit in that toxicity, sit in that negative state and not be able to connect with their kids, not be there for their kids. Because I looked at it for myself, having the two kids, two different marriages. When I got the first divorce, I wasn't there for my son as much as I could have been. Made a lot of different choices that, you know, uh, at the time, again, seemed to make sense. But in hindsight now, would have been much better to be there for my son. So when the second divorce rolled around, I'm like, I'm going to be there for my daughter. That's going to be my number one priority. Um, she did not ask to come into this world to have divorced parents and not have both of us there. So I'm going to do everything I can to be a, a present and involved father. And I've thankfully been able to do that. I've been the dad that's been to all of her, you know, um, class parties, like when they had Christmas parties and Valentine's parties and Halloween parties. I was there for all that. I went to all the field trips. Um, but, oh my God, and I just got completely lost on where the heck I was going. What was I talking about right before that? I got, I got so excited about my daughter. Um, but we were. So, so I will say, while James is thinking of that, there are a lot of men out there who really are just hurting because, I mean, we generally are afraid to ask for help because the world tells us that you're weak if you ask for help. Forget all of that. Yeah. There are people that want to talk to you and help you walk through certain things. Because there are certain parts of life that you know are just unfair. And you just need somebody to talk to to bring you into some kind of reality to help you process what has happened and what is happening. So that's why I like that you understand the man's perspective because there are a lot of men who just don't talk about these things and then they suffer in silence. Um, yeah. Well, because if you look in the in the United States, uh, what is it like something like 70 to 75 percent of suicides are committed by men? Yeah, because men yeah. don't talk about these things. Um, no. Well, and, so, and that's and, and you brought me right back to where we were originally going with. I got, I got sidetracked talking about having those amazing members of my daughter and that. But that's really what it boiled down to was my my transformation came from going to personal development events and actually being vulnerable, talking about the things that I've shared with you on this call at the very beginning of it, that I used to hide, you know, being adopted, having the alcoholic father, being arrested for attempted armed robbery, all of these crazy things were things that as a man, you know, you don't talk about your feelings you don't talk about your emotions. You hide all that shit. You know, you just, you've got to put on this macho image of, you know, I'm this tough guy and I can handle anything and everything. And what I learned was I had been in personal development, for almost 14 years by that second, by the time that second marriage rolled around and or sick by the second divorce. So 
I thought I knew what, you know, personal development was and like I was implementing it or so I thought, but it turned out it was a one way conversation with just me reading books and thinking, oh, I understand it. I know it. But it wasn't until I went and had those conversations and started sharing. I'm scared about this or this happened to me and this made me feel this way and I feel bad or whatever. And that's when the true transformation came. And so that's why it was so important to me to start, at least in the beginning, working with men to open up that door for them saying, hey, listen, if I'm this guy that came from this country town, hunting, fishing, you know, blue collar town, um, and I'm okay with it, you can be okay with it too. You know, we saw people like Tony Robbins or Jim Rohn or these big, you know, let's say white collar, you know, fancier people, you know, but they were already rich. They're already, you know, successful, whatever. I wanted to show people who came from a more of a grassroots, you know, perspective, show them in the beginning stage, like, Hey, I'm right here, man. I am just only maybe a couple of steps ahead of you. Let me help lead you over here. And then eventually maybe we can all get to Jim Rohn or Tony Robbins or whoever, but let me be that guy that shows you, I can be that bridge to get you over here to see, yes, there is another possibility in life. If you're willing just to, you know, come along for the ride. Yeah. All right, guys. So look, we're on episode number 36 of the Corporate Quitters. We're talking to James Dunn. James has told us a whole lot. If you've missed anything, you need to go back and listen because he told us how, well, he was adopted, had an alcoholic father, ooh, went to jail for attempted armed robbery, and then decided that it was time to change his life. So he changed his mindset. He changed his daily diet. He changed the things that he was feeding himself so that he could get a better outcome. And he is a mindset slash performance coach. He's turned his life around and has done some extremely great things. So tell me, so now who is your ideal client? Who do you like working with and who do you like helping? So, yeah, like I said, for a couple of years, it was strictly divorced dads, but I have decided, and, and as much as I loved working with the divorced dads, I realized there were so many other people that I wanted to help and that I wanted to be able to help, you know, break through those limiting beliefs. And so I've expanded it and I still do work with divorced dads, but not just specifically that one, that one niche. Um, so now it's really anybody who finds themselves stuck. I think that's probably the easiest word to use. You know, if you need like a hooky word is if you find yourself stuck, you're either in um, just, as, well, just pretty much a life that you didn't design. You know, it's not the life that you want to be living. You know, there's more to you. You know, there's more to life than what you're living right now. You just have never been able to either trust yourself, believe in yourself, or you've tried and just cannot seem to get over that hump. Um, that's who I love to help. I love to help people break through those limiting beliefs because it really all comes down to the stories we've been telling ourselves. It's all comes down to that identity we talked about earlier. There's things that have happened in your life that you are mentally blocking, even though you don't consciously believe it. Um, you might even be telling yourself like, no, I'm a positive person and I know I can do this and I want this money or I want this position, but somewhere, some way, somehow you've built a story around something that says, eh, maybe I don't, you know? And so that's where that sneaky little sabotage comes in. You'll yeah. do things that you justify in your mind that make perfect sense, but at least to you at the moment, but from the outside perspective, then I can help you see like, oh, wait a minute. Are you really sure that's what you're doing? And that's why you're doing it. Um, so that's what I love to do is help people break through those situations and just life is too damn short. I know we all say it all the damn time. You know, life is too short. I literally had a friend um, who died last week. You know, he was 60 years old, which 
long time ago, I would thought it was old, but now I'm 50. I'm like, that ain't old, man. You know, <laughs> that's not even close to old. So yeah. uh, we only have a very, very limited time on this earth. And I want us all to be able just to enjoy the hell out of every single minute of it and not allow, you know, money to be something to hold us back or um, just have any real limitations. Just create the life that you absolutely want to live. That's what I live for is to help people see that because I felt like say for so long, my early twenties that that was just not possible. And I held on to all these crazy, stupid beliefs um, that empowered me at the moment to stay nice and safe. And that's really what a lot of it boils down to is we want to feel nice and safe. Mm -hmm. And even though it's not the life that we want to live, it's something that I've, I heard a long, long time ago and it's called we're comfortable in our misery. You know, it's a misery we're used to. And so it feels like, well, it's not bad. It's not the worst. You know, um, it, it could be so much worse. This other person over here has got it this bad or I could be starving or whatever. It's bullshit, man. If you're not living the life that you want to live, then we need to change that. Yeah, absolutely. So now my friend Carl Sean Watkins says, oftentimes, in addition to not talking about our issues as men, we have a hard time listening. And Carl also says, if it looks like a duck, quacks like a duck, then it's a duck. We have to evaluate how we are and take action to become better and fulfilled in life, secure in who we are. So I want to go back to what Carl said about the listening piece, because I think that's extremely important as well. So as I said a few minutes ago, if you're looking for a mindset coach, this is definitely your guy. You need somebody that will listen to you, but then also hold you accountable so that you can live a better life. Call James. So James, with that said, how can we reach out to you? Where can we find you? So the easiest place to find me is on Instagram, you know, probably. I know you love Instagram, Robert. <laughs> no that's 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 where i spend the majority of my time is instagram facebook um i do also have a facebook group that i've started recently called master your mindset so that's something you're always welcome to come into um i try and at least once we go in there and post you know some kind of a video about some type of a mindset um whether that be money whether that be relationships whether that be um, limiting beliefs you know it's a new new group that i just started a few weeks ago but that's something that's like a free resource. You're welcome to come in there and join that um, because I'm I'm huge on building community, you know, building connections with other people, because like I say, it's the people that we surround ourselves with. We're going to mirror those people and their behaviors, um, you know, and to tie back to that Jim Rohn quote. If you look, you know, when you say you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with, if you look at the, the people you spend the most time with outside of your family, you know, your immediate family, chances are, you know, your income is within, you know, a very close range of what they make. You drive probably about the same type of car, you know, if you're, you know, if they're driving Mercedes, you're probably not driving, you know, Prius or whatever. I don't know. But, you know, you've, you've got about the same standards as those people. And so what I love to do is build communities where it's not necessarily about money, but it's about mindset. It's about how we see the world and, take it away from that idea of, you know, we're all in this race with each other. So it's not necessarily, you know, well, we all want to make a million dollars. It's like, what is the best life for me? 
And that was a big piece of, for me, it's always so hard when you talk about who's your ideal customer avatar. Dude, I've literally got friends that flip burgers and you make minimum wage all the way up to people who make millions of dollars a year. So it's hard for me to say, well, I want to work with these millionaires or this or that. It's whoever feels stuck. I just want to help you create the best life that you can possibly create for you and not judge it based on what anybody else is doing, because that's not your race, man. You know, you're here just to be happy in your life. Uh, but yeah, back to your question. Instagram's probably the quickest, easiest way to find me. All right. So listen, my LinkedIn family, what we're going to do is in this chat, we're going to drop in the Facebook group, a link to that. And we're going to drop in James's Instagram because you know how much I love Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe someday, man. And you love LinkedIn. And I'm, I'm here on LinkedIn, but at the real James Dunn is where you can find me on Instagram. Um, and I and literally, I literally just had a friend ask me yesterday because I guess you know he saw that we were going to be on here today, and he's like, "Oh man, LinkedIn. You know, do you really use that?" I'm like, "Honestly, I don't. You know, it's something I've had. You know, LinkedIn for." gosh, a decade probably. And I get on here from time to time and I've got my 500 plus, you know, connections, you know, through different iterations of my life um, and phases I've gone through, but it's just, you know, where you feel the most comfortable. So if, you know, if you want to reach out to me on LinkedIn, I do it. Obviously you and I connected, you know, or talk through LinkedIn. So I'm on here. I'm just not here on here as much. So it's wherever you feel the most comfortable to reach out to me at. Yeah. So we're definitely going to drop those links so that people can find you, especially that Facebook group, because I think a lot of people will be able to benefit from uh, that. And uh, look out soon for me on Instagram. I mean, on there, somebody to help kind of walk you through it. You know who to talk to. I know. Right. I'm going to change my mindset. Uh, but <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, all right. So look, guys, episode 36 of the Corporate Quitters. It's time to get your mind right with our mindset slash performance coach, James Dunn. James, any last words for our audience today? You know what? Just go out there and chase your dreams. Um, I, I what was it? Uh, I heard this yesterday. It's like chase your dreams because they're not going to chase you. Um, and it's so true. You know, it's one of those where, again, we're on this planet for such a small amount of time. And don't even look at it from the, you know, five year, 10 year, whatever today. What do you want in your life today? Are you living the life that you want to live today? Are you excited about it? Do you wake up every single day? Maybe not excited about every single thing that happens in your world, because doesn't matter what position you're in, you're always going to have something that you don't love. But if you're spending, you know, I love pulling up old quotes, you know, but like Steve Jobs, like, you know, if I wake up every day and look in the mirror and ask myself, do I love what I'm about ready to do today? And if the answer is no, too many days in a row, something needs to change. So if you're finding yourself in that situation, talk to me, you know, if you're in a great spot, fucking hey, awesome. You know, I love that. And I'm happy for you. But if not, reach out to me, you know, because it is way too short. Let's let's enjoy this ride while we're here, because. You know, some people believe we got multiple versions of this, but I don't know. I'm only here for this one that I know of. So I'm, I'm going to enjoy it. And I hope you do too. All right, my friends. Thank you for joining us until next time. Peace. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the corporate quitters podcast. If you like us, tell everybody, you know, better yet, head on over to the iTunes store and leave us a five-star review. It only takes a few seconds. I can do it with my eyes closed and both hands tied behind my back. So what are you waiting for? If you want to talk to us, leave us a voice message. You might be featured on the show. Check the link in the show notes. Want to carry us wherever you go? Check out the merch on our website. 
get your I quit, O quit, or just plain quit stuff there. If you really, really like us, you can become a monthly contributor for less than a cup of coffee. Link is in the show notes. And last but not least, quit those limiting beliefs that are holding you back. And we're out.